You're listening to the So You Think You're Intuitive podcast, a podcast to help you reactivate, grow, and trust your intuition so you can live a more empowered and connected life. Join me, Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, every Wednesday for inspired conversations, guidance, and practical tips on how you can work with your intuition in your everyday life. Because who doesn't want to trust their intuition more? Welcome back to So You Think You're Intuitive. I'm Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, taking you on this journey to reactivate and trust your intuition. Hi everyone, happy Wednesday. It's another episode of the podcast. I love sharing these episodes with you. I don't know if you know how much joy it brings me. I just love it. I'm so glad that I got the download from Spirit to create a podcast and share these episodes and have these conversations with people and channel messages and guidance and share them in this format. It brings me so much happiness and so much joy. I love to do it. So thank you. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for rating and reviewing. Thank you for sharing with your friends, your family members. I have so much gratitude and thank you for your messages of support and how much this podcast is helping you grow and develop your intuition. I don't get to respond to every single message, but just know that I do read a lot of them. So thank you, thank you, thank you. What I also love is it's always in divine timing when I speak to a guest and it's also in divine timing when I release episodes. It all just really naturally flows and is really divinely led by spirit. And this week's episode is so divinely led because I'm recording this intro just before I go and have some downtime and some chill time and head to a little place called Salt Spring Island, which is just off the Vancouver mainland, just off uh, Vancouver Island as well. Yeah, off to Salt Spring. I've never been. I've always wanted to go. So yeah, I've just got a little Airbnb and I'm going to go away for the weekend. And the purpose of it is to literally switch off, have some downtime, be quiet, meditate, and just really listen to the inner guidance and see what wants to come through. But rest and recharge and doing it in a place of that I'm not expecting to receive any guidance. It's just like, you know, I just need to be and walk and be outside in nature and step away from technology and computer and being in a city. And so this week's episode with Lauren Toyota couldn't be more perfect because it is all about finding the quiet to discover your truth and share your voice. And that's where I feel like I'm right now. I'm in a new chapter and a new phase and working out what wants to come through and being in that receiving mode to say, hey, spirit, hey, universe, hey, bring it in. Let's let's do this. But to do that, I'm being really cool to find the quiet to discover the truth. And this is what this episode with Lauren is all about. We talk about her Vipassana experience. We talk about when we are kids or when we're like angsty teenagers and how you crave that alone time and you create that space and you really kind of sometimes process your emotions through journaling or writing poems but yeah and how we do that as kids and then how we kind of forget that I'll be straight up Lauren is really intuitive and um her guides and ancestors hijacked the episode and wanted to give her a lot of messages and guidance. It was insane what came through around her ancestor story and her family. But yeah, they give her lots of messages throughout this episode. It's really, they they kind of weave it in all the way through this episode. So yeah, enjoy having a listen. Um, I really enjoyed sharing messages with Lauren and connecting with her during this episode. I loved our conversation. So enjoy this week's episode with Lauren. 
If you do enjoy the conversation, please give the podcast um, a rate or review. Um, If you don't have to review, just by clicking on the five stars means that more people will find the podcast, share it with a friend, family member that you feel cool to do. But yeah, thank you for rating and reviewing. And if you feel cool to do it after listening to this episode, that would be amazing because it's all about growing the platform, getting a bigger community so that we can talk about intuition in a whole new way. Because I don't know about you growing up, but yeah, it felt really isolating and really alone. And so this is the point of this podcast is to create honest, frank conversations about it and create community. Anyway, back to this episode with Lauren. Enjoy and have an amazing week. And I'm back the following week on Wednesday, the first week of April for the upgrade message for April. Um, Yeah, exciting times. Okay, have a good one. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to So You Think You're Intuitive. Hello, Natalie. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I'm really excited for all the listeners to get to know who Lauren Toyota is and what she's about and what intuition means for you because you have created such an empire with your work and I just want to kind of I'm going to delve you know into it quick how do you do you feel like you've been led by your intuition for you to create what you've managed to create with all your hundreds of thousands of followers? Yeah, uh, definitely and absolutely. I I feel like my intuition has been pretty strong my whole life, even before, you know, there was really, I guess, a community or culture that would openly talk about it. Um, I always felt like I had these strong vibes or strong feelings about things, situations, experiences, or people. So it's definitely been there and I've been aware of it, I would say, my whole life. It's not like one day I changed and realized I had it had this strong intuition. It's definitely been present and I've been aware of it. But I think when it comes to this sort of path with with hot for food and what I've done in terms of I guess building an online community that from the beginning felt like it was all being guided like just in a bigger way, I guess by that higher power or that inner voice, all of that kind of stuff just it felt like that's how this has been built. Like I sort of tapped into it a lot in a more intentional way, tapped into it and decided intent and intended that this was how I was going to run the business because running my own business was something I think I just always wished I could do or thought like, it's not something I'm equipped to do. How would I ever do it? But I wish I could. So when it came to having to actually start and do it, it was like this impulse. It was kind of pushed on me by the universe. It was sort of forced on me, but I saw that opportunity. And then I was just like, okay, well, since this, it felt like this experience was sort of like given to me and it felt bigger than me. So I was like, then this is how I'll make all my decisions. Like I'll just, I'll just always ask that bigger, higher power for guidance. Cause I d- honestly didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> or don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the joys of being an entrepreneur, you have those days you're like, what am I doing? Like, what is next? Where is this going? And people yeah. think that it's people think that it's all laid out. Like you have this big master grand plan and it's like, no, nine times no. out of ten, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. And but that's what I've loved about it. That's what's been so freeing and exciting about doing this. Is I guess you know, it's been a process of a few things all coming together. Not only do I have 10 years of, of a career behind me to, to be able to kind of bring to this new entrepreneurship adventure, but I also am older and wiser and all that stuff, I think amounts to just being able to trust more. So the timing made sense to do this now, you know, I don't think I could have run a business when I was in my 20s. Or maybe I could have, but you know, I still had that a lot of those mental blocks where I was saying, Oh, I wish I, I wish that's something I could do, but I don't ever see myself doing that. Um, so I think I got I worked at getting rid of a lot of those limiting beliefs over the last five to ten years, and then that's really allowed this to open up the way it has. Cool. 
that's yeah and it is I completely agree I think I look mm. back on my 20s and it was a dream to run my own business but would I have put myself in that you know put myself into that energy probably not I don't I would have thought I wasn't ready for it so yeah I completely agree with you on it being mm. the right time and and doing that and just be, for me being in the flow Earlier, you talked about how when you you contact a higher power or you you know tuning into your intuition, mm-hmm. how how do you do that? Like we're all so different when we connect to our intuition. And I'm always say like people need to find out what works for them and how they like to do it. Whether it's through moving their body or seated meditation or you know everyone has a particular way where we get these downloads from spirit. For you, how does that normally show up? Yeah, I think. I feel like, and I like that you said downloads from spirit, because that's the language I use all the time, just when I'm speaking about this with my friends um, in the little, you know, small group we have, and we meditate now. In the last five years, I've been a meditator, and that's allowed me to tap into it. It's been part of the journey of building this business, the meditation, and going to that space every morning and not necessarily trying to get anything, you're not trying to receive anything, but it's when it, when you just, you're like, well, I'm just going to sit in this meditation because I know something eventually will come through. Like this is the channel in which it comes through. It often does. But prior to being like a regular meditator, that kind of stuff was still happening. And the only thing, and even when I was younger, like even when I was in high school and I'm, I'm a big Oprah Winfrey fan. So I definitely had like, she was like my benchmark for spirituality or my benchmark for listening to your intuition. She like, that's like the first person I suppose I ever really heard in the public eye talking about it. So I spent a lot of my time growing up feeling a bit isolated, but like taking a lot of time to myself and like being in my room. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to just like being an angsty teenager and like holding yourself up in your room. Oh yeah. You know, writing in a journal (laughs) and stuff like that. But that's, I think where it first started was whatever those emotions were that kind of forced me to go by, be by myself and be alone and be quiet. I mean, that really was when it first started. And I think it's just because I was isolating myself and being quiet and being still enough to listen. And I was journaling, you know, I was writing stuff in my journal. And often when I would read that back, it would be those types of messages. So like encouraging messages and things telling me like a, like a higher version of myself telling me that like, whatever this BS is you're dealing with now isn't going to be forever. And like, you can overcome that. And and there's so much more inside of you to share like that kind of stuff. So I wasn't formally meditating back then, but there was still something about, I guess, just being quiet and still that allowed those things to come to me. But now yeah. I would say I definitely, I mean, I definitely sit in meditation in which to receive that stuff. But, but I think the more you do that, you just open yourself up in a new way. So sometimes I'll be cooking or I'll be doing something else. I'll actually be busy doing an activity and I'll still receive that guidance. Yeah. So there isn't, I guess the short, I'm giving you a long answer, but it kind of comes whenever it wants to come. And now I'm in a receptive mode in which to, to be able to li- hear it. Yeah, and being open to it. And I love the fact that you say it's evolved from just spending time on your own and journaling in that, you know, being on your own and being in that quiet place to then it being more structured around meditation. Because as you were talking about that, I was just getting this message that was coming in around, isn't it interesting that as, you know, when we're in those angsty teenage moments or, you know, growing up, we do... Um, find time to be on our own and we 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 search that but then as we go into our 20s I mean for me personally I don't think I spent enough time on my own I always wanted to be with people or do things Mm. which then was part of the time when I I would say that yeah I was working my intuition was helping me helping guide me but I don't think I was using it on a real conscious level oh interesting yeah and and I mean and I feel like I I always crave being alone in a mm-hmm. in a way. I find social interaction to be quite exhausting. So I think again intuitively what ends up happening is by way of just knowing I have to take action in certain scenarios, I do put myself in all of those networking situations or or sort of outward situations where I have to be around people and experiences 
because I know that that's part of it also, but I definitely make sure that and then my intuition tells me like now you need to recharge or now you need to be alone for a bit to kind of recalibrate. And that goes, that just kind of happens naturally because I don't really have a choice. <laughs> They're like into intervention, spiritual intervention. You need downtime, go and recharge, no more. Yeah. And sometimes it makes me feel, and I judge myself, it makes me feel like overly sensitive or overly like the word's not needy, but like that I need so much, you know what I mean? To kind of, mm-hmm. and sometimes I criticize myself for that. It's like, well, why, why can't you just be more easygoing or why can't you just, but it's like, I just can't, like, I just, I'm overly sensitive. So then I have to be a hermit again to kind of get back to whatever that true essence is. Yeah, completely. And talking about being a hermit, you've just come back from Vipassana. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done that? I haven't. I haven't. I, ha- I nearly had an opportunity to do it in India when I was traveling there mm. about six years ago, and it just, the dates didn't line up. But no, I've never done a Vipassana. Recommend it? I, I do. I feel like... Um, anyone who is, you know, into mindfulness, self-awareness, personal development, meditation, yoga, any of these practices definitely should experience the, um, this sort of 10 day consistent practice that takes you really, really deep. I mean, I'm sure I could talk, I could, I'm sure I could survey, you know, 20 people I know in this community and, and they'd have deep experiences for sure that resonated with them. For me personally, this thing, this practice or this, this course took me way deeper than I had been, you know, I, maybe in a long time or just sort of deepened my meditation and, and my awareness of my body in a new way. So that's why I really liked it. Also, that's why it's very challenging. But in hindsight, when I, now that I've come out of it, I almost miss it. And I'm like, wow, like I really did do like the work there. And I kind of miss that. I miss having the time and space to be able to do that. Cause I, you know, I came back and I just started working again and trying to incorporate longer meditations. Um, the, the, the Vipassana technique tells you to do one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening. I don't do that normally. Normally I do between 20 and 30 minutes, sometimes even shorter um, on the daily. So, and only once a day. So I came back and I kind of just defaulted right back to my old patterns and my old habits of the way I operate in my home here. And I was a bit like, Oh, that's weird. I just spent 10 days like doing something completely different, like having a totally different schedule, waking up at 4am, meditating 10 hours a day for 10 days straight, like, and sitting for an hour very still, which I almost never do. So I was like, well, I did it. How come I can't seem to do it here? And it's just almost like I was in two different realms. It's very jarring. And you come back and you're you just go back to default programming. So I was a bit frustrated by that. I'm still unpacking a lot of the experience, but regardless, the course itself is is incredible. It's quite life-changing, I feel like, just to learn in that way and be able to go deep enough because there's nothing to distract you, like nothing. Whereas even when we're in our homes and maybe we have a meditation space or whatever, you still, and I'm aware of this now, there's just like a buzz. There's just this energy that wasn't, present at the space I was at for this course because it's very closed off you're in the we were in the woods and uh there's nothing around there's not even like cell towers or anything that you can feel like you know frequencies coming off yeah. of. so you, you and then you start noticing all these body sensations because that's the technique of the meditation to pay attention to the um reality of they say they say you're here to witness the reality of the present moment through the framework of the physical body and so once you start picking up on all of that and feeling all of these sensations in your body, then you've opened yourself up to like so much. So when you come back to the city, back to regular life, you're like this beacon that is just like overly sensitive to every little noise and sound. Yeah. Yeah. It was so um, overwhelming. I will say, I don't think they do a good job at helping you reintegrate, but maybe that's kind of it is just like, you have this awareness. So just go back and, you know, you'll sort it out. But I found it to be a little bit jarring. Yeah, very jarring. Not even a little bit, but very jarring. I've been slowly coming. I've, it's like, I've slowly been noticing, I keep saying, I've been slowly noticing the layers or the armor kind of going back on. Mm. It's like I peeled back every layer down to like the rawest, like, I guess, essence of me or whatever. And now I'm noticing the layers going back on. Yeah. 
the social layers or the mm -hmm. expectation layers or the, the mask or how that then you know yeah because the protective layers if we are these you know and you know you're such a emotional like sensitive physical body and spiritually and emotionally that you then you peel it all the way back and then you you get dropped back into the middle of a city and it's like okay off you go yeah no wonder it's like complete overwhelm yeah and I mean I mean there's tons to think about with this I mean I've been thinking like well the practice is such that it shouldn't matter where we are we should be mm. able to find peace or balance but I mean whatever it's just I think it's just getting used to that because I haven't had such a an intense extreme experience like that and you can't help what you feel what you're feeling you know so there's a lot of like there's a lot of acceptance and allowing that I guess this has made me see that I don't really do for myself <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean I don't yeah. really allow and accept a lot of what happens to me I kind of am always trying to change it but um that's okay I mean there's so much to observe I mean, the, the whole thing is when you're there you're just observing everything you're observing the darkness of your subconscious and it's just like purging and I had the weirdest thoughts and like the darkest thoughts that I didn't really realize were there because, you know, they're always there, but they're under, they're under layers and layers and layers of distraction. Yeah. That we don't give ourselves an opportunity to look at unless until we like step ourselves out of what our normal routine and life looks like for yeah. us to then for them to be able to bubble to the surface. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't really think you can get there unless, because, you know, you're spending, you're, you're silent at this course. You're not talking, you're not writing or reading or listening to anything. So even though we listen to spiritual podcasts or read, you know, books about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation, I mean, all at the end of the day, all of that's still distraction from mm. what's truly going on at even these deeper levels inside of us. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Cause so often we think that by do the doing the work is reading the books or you know, doing the learning from something else when actually the key learning is, is you, it's your body, it's your thoughts, it's your emotions. That's what this teaches you. And you really realize it. And you have that bit of the aha, you're like, Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. when we all know, like, Oh, everything you needs inside of you. Like we know that, but we yeah. do we really know that. Like, I feel like this, <laughs> this technique really showed me that and gave me the proof. Yeah. My mum does lots of silent meditation retreats. She goes off to the desert in Egypt and does things. And cool. um, she always says it takes the same time that you were away to reintegrate. Like it's so if you were doing Vipassana for 10 days, it's at least 10 days for you to feel like you're back into normal life. Yeah, that was kind of it. Yeah, I would say that was about right. Because I'm in my I'm back now. I've been back. This is my third week. I'm into my third week back. So. Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway from the Vipassana? What was your biggest learning? What was the biggest download that you got from Spirit? Well, there was a few. One, <laughs> the interesting part about it for me was that I was guided to take it at the exact right time. I, I always pay attention. I'm always very aware of the sensations in my body, but the way I react to them is often negative. And this technique is about the equanimity of the mind and not having a reaction to anything that's going on mm -hmm. but they're teaching you to not react at the level of the physical body so any sensations you're feeling you shouldn't not shouldn't you just well you you should work at not having a clinging or craving toward a pleasant sensation or an adverse reaction to an unpleasant sensation like a pain or whatever might be going on in your leg or your back and I thought, well, this is what I do all day, every day is notice all these little tingles and twitches and numbness and whatever might be happening in my physical body. Not because I have any like injury or anything, like I've, I don't have any chronic illness, but I just am aware of like energy moving through my body. But I tend to kind of get anxiety or freak out about it. I tend to not really be able to have equanimity toward it. So I guess that was the big, that was the biggest takeaway is here I am now getting to observe the same sensations I feel all day, every day, but now at a deeper level and then working at just observing them for a long enough time that I don't give myself space for on the daily. I just feel something and then I'm like, Oh, what is that? And I actually work with an energy uh, healer therapist woman that like, I pretty much am in constant communication with about these sensations. Amazing. Yeah, because I'm just getting messages as you're talking about these body sensations. It's mm. really interesting because you're so intuitive, you're so connected, but it's like there's just this reallowance of the energy that wants to flow through you to flow through you versus you trying to control it. And they're like, yeah. Lauren, like step away 
this this is about surrendering and stepping back so that you can feel all the energy and the sensations that really wants to flow through your body but there's like a there's a it's interesting there's a block around allowing yourself to truly allow them to flow through mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah that makes total sense you explained it better than i could have yeah that's exactly it and so sitting in this meditation every day for as many hours as I did was getting me to the point of allowing them. And mm. then I noticed the things I would feel come up and there were times when they'd still frustrate me, but there were also times when I would just say, Oh, there's that thing again. And then it would go away. And that's what they want you to observe. That's what this technique wants you to observe is that it's constantly arising and passing, arising and passing and moment by moment, everything's in constant change and flow and flux. So you don't need to react negatively toward anything because it's just about to change. Yeah. And, so, and letting it going and knowing it's temporary. Yeah. So powerful. What an awesome experience. I, uh, you were inspiring me that I should start looking into Vipassana. Yeah, it's just very, it's just such a cool experience. And like, I don't, I feel like for me, it's like, I've never been given that opportunity and decided again, intuitively to take that long enough time to say like, I'm going to go do this for 10 days. Like I could have gone on any other trip and like gone and eaten vegan food and gone and seen friends <laughs> and done all this travel and adventure. But I decided, no, I'm going to go. Like I really wanted to go to this thing. And I, you know, I didn't really know why I just, but again, I was like, there's a reason why I want to go. Yeah. And I'm giving, getting messages of why as well. Like they're just talking about how this is setting you up for the year ahead with yeah. all the new creative energy that wants to flow through you. It's about realizing that doing less gets you more. And it's about, I need to yeah, slow down, reground my body, feel back connected so that I can be they're just talking about how you're going to be showing up this year in a different way that feels more authentic for you versus Mm. that it's just like that you've been um not that you're not authentic in what you on the content you share but there's it's taking it to a new deeper soul level yeah i'm excited about that Mm. yeah it's really it's powerful it's powerful there's just this you're how you're showing up and what resonates with you and like the, you're just gonna get stronger at saying no to people like they're mm-hmm. just saying like the opportunities that you get given and the work opportunities and what you want to do you're going to get really really aware of how valuable your time is and how you know who do I want to spend time with where am I going to spend time with you know what what hours do I want to work on my business when do I want to pause and so that you can bring through all the creative stuff that you want but in your kind of on your terms if that makes sense yeah I mean I really do need that that's what I want yeah it's there and this is why they've sent you to Vipassana because it's making you realize mm-hmm. that it's all possible mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I feel that thank you for sharing that <laughs> Um, I keep getting this as a message to ask you. I want to talk about your family because it feels like you come from a really intuitively based family. When you were growing up, did that feel, were you supported in that? What was the deal with the spiritual and your family? And was there a supportive element to that? Well, it's funny you say that because I my first reaction would be to say not really. I mean, mm. I've always had a bit of a bit of a struggle with trying to understand where I come from with when it comes Mm -hmm. to my family because I've always felt like I'm not like them at all um interesting and then I've been trying to kind of come to some acceptance and some uh yeah acceptance and just that like obviously if I chose this family and I am who I am now they obviously have provided me with something I just could never quite nail it down you know like I could never I guess in just real terms, explain what did they give me? I mean, they gave me space, I suppose. My parents were dealing with their own personal stuff with their own marriage and whatnot. That that kind of made me angry or very angry, but it also then allowed me to go off on my own. Yeah. And find some salvation within myself rather than looking for it to them. So yeah, like, I mean, I don't have a bad relationship with my family. I'm in contact with them. We we do things together. We do family you know, holidays together, but I'm not extremely close either. And I don't feel necessarily like spiritually tied into my parents or like that we're very connected in that way. I don't feel like I know them. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because this like 
learning of like why why this family um mm-hmm. is really all part of you yeah i mean you being an individual and finding the space within that and they're just saying that this is all connected to how again talking about the the being the hermit and being on your own and and being allowing things to flow through you but there's something around how your i want to say your dad's your dad's grandmother is mm. really really intuitive it's interesting how it's it flows through the family but there's been lots of um energetic shuts down around it yeah, where people I have just that, yeah, yeah where people have focused on themselves versus um, I just keep being, I keep being shown her um, that she's really, really intuitive. And like, she's part of your, um, she's part of your cheerleader team and spirit. There is an energy from her where she kind of pops in to check on you. My dad's grandmother. So my great grandmother. Yeah. Your great grandmother. Do you know on which side though? Like, would it be his dad or his mom's mm, mom let me ask hang on a second um dad's grandmother on his dad's side mm, okay yeah so that would make her a that's the toyota side then yeah okay mm, yeah definitely toyota side interesting okay i we <laughs> I don't even know who it is. <laughs> I know, like, so I don't random. even know a name. I don't think I have a photo. Okay, that's cool. And they're just saying that this is part of um, this is part of your ancestral lineage. It's interesting what you're doing now and what you're creating now is massively part of, without you realizing that you're doing a lot of ancestral healing around how you show up in the world and how you speak and how you communicate. Because wow. the irony is, is that in the family, there's lots of things that people don't talk about. But yeah. the irony is, is that you've created a career out of being seen and being heard and using your voice. Well, yeah, because I always wonder, I'm like, where is this that where does that even come from? And even my parents are so surprised. Yeah. But and it, what you're saying about the communication being kind of shut down a lot of like, I always feel like I'm like, what's everyone hiding? Or like, what's all this like? there's a lot of information being just sort of kept in and pushed mm-hmm. down and I don't know what that is. So that's okay. But that's so, I, I don't think I've ever received like a better message than that from anyone. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, cause this is part of like knowing, like giving this as information because this whole thing of like, where do I fit? Where do I belong? Yeah. What's the purpose of this? And they're just saying like, because so often the family people in your family actually and they're showing me on both sides of the family Mm -hmm. that um from your mother's side and your dad's side it's all about these people that really want to express themselves and be authentic they want to speak their truths but they've been told that they can't or that they have to repress them so they then end up in this kind of vicious circle where they really want to say what they mean but they never give themselves the opportunity to so you've Mm. come in as like the ancestor healer to be like no, I'm doing this different differently and I'm going to change this for, you know, the future generations to show them that I will be authentic and I'm going to show lots of different parts of me, which is why they're talking about how this year you're going to be, che- you know, yes, of course, you're going to be doing food things, but you're going to be bringing other things into your work because it's about showing the multifaceted, authentic side of you that mm-hmm. needs to be communicated to the world. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, there are plans to do more of that kind of work too. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, that makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's all in, it's all in the mix for you, but yeah, this thing around the secrets or people not telling their truth is yeah. You massively as a kid in like being thinking, thinking I'm only being fed certain information here. I'm not being told the truth. I mean, I just always thought it was so weird. I was like, how can like this little girl like have a sense of like, she's not being told all the information. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know in what sense. But like, isn't that a weird intuition to have as a young kid? Mm, Like what kid? I mean, I'm sure you don't, I don't know what other kids feel, but I just think that's such a strong thing to to know, like really know. Mm -hmm. 
And that gets yeah. me, it's, it's been me trying to uncover that all or, or, or find it within myself this whole time. Like that's all this journey has been. And then recently in the last few months, I've been really, really curious. I'm always asking questions about the Japanese Canadian lineage. Cause I know that they're, because I understand that like ancestral trauma is sort of passed down and whatnot. I've been very curious about uncovering whatever these sort of little blocks are that I have and kind of feeling a sense that it's coming from the, from that side of the family because of not only the just the the culturally the 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 suppression and repression that Japanese mm-hmm. Canadians experienced being put into camps and whatnot in Canada that whole thing but also just like I don't know my great grandparents I don't know what their struggles were so I I've definitely like you definitely hit it on the head and now I, I feel so excited that I've already been led that way a little bit and not knowing why and I keep having these feelings like I want to go to Japan because I don't 100%. even know where my family's from exactly like. And that I want to like figure all of this out. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad glad you said that because my next message was you so need to go to Japan and you need <laughs> to go to where your family are from. And it gives me goosebumps. I actually have like full body goosebumps because they want you to go and rediscover this because it's part of the um, uncovering the secrets. There's this part yeah. of this as an energy of like, no, I need to go and, you know, look at my ancestral tree. I need to look at where they're from. And just by you there's something very special around when we put our feet into the earth of where yeah. our ancestors are from that we get you know we feel the connection to them but we also get the downloads but we're also doing the healing yeah you just saying that like putting your feet in the actual earth like that i've was very that seemed very clear to me that like whatever wherever this place is or wherever i'm supposed to go like i'm going to do that yeah yeah it's really key and i just keep being shown it's interesting I feel like this is there's split between two places one place is like near the mountains I want to I keep being shown like a place near the mountains but then there's also and I feel like there's but there's also a connection to like a I keep wanting to talk about like a small fishing village so there's there's two different places there's something around being at the foot being at the foothills of a mountain but there's also about being by the water Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, we're supposed to even have like a little, my aunt knows a little bit more about the family than my dad does. And I keep saying like, can we have this like night where you just tell us everything you know? Cause isn't that funny? I mean, we just haven't really ever talked about it or I've always been too young and not really cared. Yeah. And I keep saying, you know, we, I, we got to come over like me and my cousins and we just want to, we just need to know the story of like, our grandma and grandpa but then now I can dig a little deeper and ask about my aunt and my dad's grandmother yeah and it's it it's key because we don't do that I feel like we don't do that now where we want to know all the background of yeah the our families and our ancestors who have become before us but we forget that their stories shape our stories and that the themes that they they went through we're also going through I yeah it's always blows my mind because when we look at the ancestral story because there's always a theme especially with the if you're a woman that you're taking on the story of your mother and your grandmother and your great-grandmother and then when you look at the theme it's like oh I'm actually just I've I'm trying to heal the story but I'm also taking on some of the story at the same time yeah it's so fascinating to me yeah Really, really, really fascinating. I love. Well, thanks I love. for giving me all those messages. <laughs> this is like just a private reading. People are listening to at this point. <laughs> I know they were just like your ancestors, like properly jumped in when we were talking about it. I was like, okay, let's just give her the messages now. We're supposed to amazing. read this all together. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you, ancestors. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. It's uh, I love it when they just pop through like that. So. Um, what are you excited for this year, Lauren? What's 2019 got in store for you? Well, one of my intentions was definitely to bring like this other part of me, I guess this more spiritual part or this self-discovery, self-awareness part into the work a little bit more. And there was already like little clues that that was going to be happening near the end of last year, that that was going to be happening this year. One of the things was that since the summer, a friend of mine have been planning a retreat that I was going to host and it is happening and it's booked and we've sold out it's happening in Bali in June 
And this was just based on Amy wanting to go to Bali for fun, but Mm -hmm. also wanting, seeing the opportunity to be able to share in a deeper way with the people that follow what I do. And obviously I I offer it to everyone who watches the videos where I talk about these things. But I was also just like, it was, it was half like obviously seeing a business opportunity, but also feeling this call to want to just like really connect with people. And that came from doing a book tour last year and seeing how powerful it was to finally meet everyone and have like that meet and greet, like more face-to-face interaction with people Mm. and being really fulfilled by that and seeing how amazing everyone is and how people are just like changing their lives, not only with going vegan, but also like looking into meditation things and finding their own way in in that sense. So, so anyways, we're running this retreat in June. So that's going to be an offering that we're doing in June. And I'm really, really excited about that. I think that's just like the, like the, the first little spark of of more more we can do that in that way like more projects we can do in that way actually ashley from manifest this who you know we've talked about offering maybe some kind of program or master class or something along those lines this year so that's kind of out there in the in the vortex and we don't know what is all going to come together but we definitely want to collaborate in that way that would be cool yeah. And then even doing Vipassana, I mean, it, it all happened in 2019. And I just felt like my intention last year was bring more of this into the work. And that's what's happening. So I'm excited about what else will kind of unfold with that intention in mind. And then like, I know that I have to work on a book, I, I'm working on my second cookbook, so that that deals happening, and I have like a deadline. So that's like, on the real creative output side, it's just like, I, I know that that's something I'll be working on all year really diligently. But bringing the learnings of the first cookbook creation and trying to bring a lot more ease to the whole process. And, you know, I did tap into intuition and kind of like that channeling or that download aspect with the first book um, a little bit. And I want to just harness that more for the second one, like knowing that that's how I created the book and knowing that I can do it again, Mm. really trusting that like the book's already done. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had that, I knew that last time, but I still found myself through the action process getting a little bit, you know, frustrated and whatnot, even though I knew that like, you know, the book's done, I'm working toward it. And that's like what I understood from the beginning of trying to put sort of ideas on paper. But now I'm just, you know, just doing it a second time. I'm excited about doing it in that higher way, that like more vibrational way. Yeah. I just keep being shown like you intuitively working out the recipes that you want to create and it's just like you you're sat there and you're just receiving what they are and what they look like and that you're just like oh okay yeah these are the you know these are the 25 recipes that I'm doing this is this is it and yeah and making it happen that way yeah that's already sort of started happening I've only just started jotting down some of the table of contents um that's how I did it the first time I remember I meditated and it felt like now was the time to like sit and I remember sitting at the counter and I just wrote out all like 110 recipes in the table of contents amazing that's (laughs) and I was like okay so that's finished (laughs) like now I just have to go make them and I and 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 I'm excited to do that again that impulse hasn't come and it uh but I know it will you know and I'm I'm really excited for that moment when that happens there's something around and I don't know I'm just going to share it with you because it's yeah. coming up as I'm talking about it there's something around I see you doing something specifically for like cakes or sweet tooth or like vegan mm. things around yeah like there's there's something around a section of it or or even a whole book or something or something that you're going to do that's basically just around um treats okay cool interesting yeah it's there's some there's something or there's that or a collaboration they're talking about how yeah there's some there's some aspect of that that's going to come up okay I wrote it down (laughs) (laughs) I do like baking a lot yeah there's something around bake like baking and cakes and like treats but healthy but yeah and vegan and it's a blend of healthy and non-healthy all in this book and yeah and it's it's something that people like are looking for is how can it be you know vegan baking like with donuts and you know how there's you know such a crave of Mm -hmm. you know 
that kind of thing and how you're going to be kind of creating recipes around that that have the Lauren Toyota stamp on them. Cool. Well, that was like my favorite section of the last book. One of my favorite sections of the last book. Was okay. That. Yeah. There's something around like a whole book. Yeah. There's something mm. around that section being something more for some, yeah, for something. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Anyone listening that, what's your take on intuitive eating? Oh, that's how this whole thing started. Mm. <laughs> um, that's this whole hot for food thing. Um, that's how I ended up going vegan is that mm-hmm. I, there was a long, a long time where I was intuitively, my, I was not listening to my intuition, where my intuition was basically saying stop eating all these animal products, but I just didn't. And then I got, you know, I felt sick because of it because I wasn't listening to my intuition. That's what I just came to discover as I was going vegan and transitioning and then became vegan. That was like, oh, yeah, if I just listen to what it is I want to eat, then I'll never feel weird. I'll never have an upset stomach and all that stuff. And I found that to be true. And that's kind of what I just started talking about on my first Mm. YouTube videos. My hosted ones was just like, just, you know, like listen to what you're eating. And like when you're putting food in your body, if you are saying things like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this or this is full of deadly substances or this is going to make me fat you know that's that's what what do you think is happening as that food goes through your digestive system true so i totally like that is like a hundred percent my philosophy or whatever (laughs) methodology for eating of course i don't always do it either all the time but it's definitely become more and more aligned since going vegan yeah. And I physically felt that emotionally, spiritually, everything. I think it was really going vegan was the catalyst to then me becoming more spiritually aligned and interested in kind of going down that path. I think it's what guided me to eventually finding meditation and all of these practices. I just think going vegan was how it worked for me. The first, like it allowed me to tap in yeah, it's in key. that way. It's so important for us to listen to our bodies around what we want versus feeling like we need to, you know, fit it into a box that this, well, this, this works for this person, this person, this person. So it must work for me too. Yeah. And look, it's not easy, right? Because we have so much conditioning Mm. and so much information we've been told and, and that we're still reading about food. And that's just what was driving me nuts about having to eat my eat three times a day or whatever, and having to feed myself as I was like, I've just stopped listening to everyone else. I've just stopped. I've just stopped reading all this information about certain diets or certain ways of eating. You know, as soon as I stopped listening to all the noise outside of myself and went inside, then it started to make more sense. And I get that that's not an easy thing to tell someone who's always struggled with food or dieting or weight or whatnot. But it does start with the mind first. Mm. And when I say mind, I mean that's all encompassing of like the intuition, like the mind body connection, the spirit mind body connection, and all that. So. I get that it, it's not easy when, when you're trying to battle just this social conditioning and the habitual patterns and the programming that's all in there, but yeah. you can take the little steps toward, you know, tapping in and trying to listen in that way and, and, and connecting it to the food you're eating. Breaking down the programming. It's so, so true of all the things that we've been told. And then it's only like, no, we have choice in this. There's free will in this. I, I'm part of this. I'm part of the energy of this. Yeah, I feel like I always like use this like comparison or I get this visual in my in my body or like in my mind about how like like just about being a robot and like you've just been put a bunch of discs in and been programmed a certain way. Mm. But like you can redo all of that. <laughs> like you're just kind of this vessel in which you can put new programs in. Yeah. Well, yeah, completely, which is why I use the phrase in a lot of all of my work and my branding, I use the word upgrade because yeah. we are, we're being upgraded. <laughs> yeah. And it's just hilarious. It's, I mean, I always get like chills and I, because it, it like aligns so much with just the way our world is functions through technology and the internet. And I, I'm not a big techie person at all, but I mean, those analogies are the same, like how, you know, you upgrade your software on your laptop and all that stuff. It's like, we're the same thing in a way. <laughs> Completely. It's all it's all connected. It's all a reflection mm-hmm. of what's going on in the inside. And we've created technology and, you know, the yeah. phrases and everything of what, what's happening on our DNA cells. Yeah, I love that. Mm, yeah, it's really interesting. Just as in, we're talking another message that's coming through, there's going to be something 
more around intuitive eating and you using and there's something around a program or something around mm. how you can talk around intuition and intuitive eating more and it being a thing that you're going to use as a phrase more in like a program or a workshop or something that's coming up mm. yeah it's funny you brought that up because it was something I did at the beginning. I think not th I just haven't been talking about it much. It hasn't come in in that way. I haven't said it very. I feel like I've been showing mm -hmm. it. I think I've been showing that I intuitively eat and people are picking up on that. But I haven't been like explaining. I kind of stopped explaining my philosophy of eating. I was doing it when I launched my second channel and I was doing all these what I ate in a day vlogs that mm -hmm. I thought were ridiculous. But then I became, I soon was like, oh no, I see why these are quite valuable because I am demonstrating intuitive eating. Like I'm just demonstrating like someone in real life making their own decision. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like not following any, anyone else's routines or, or criteria or philosophies of eating. I just was like doing what I wanted and showing that as an example to people. And it was like liberating for yeah, them. Yeah, completely. There's an evolve. They're just saying there's an evolvement of the messages as you evolved from where you first started. There's a change in the method. Like there's just, they're like bringing mm. it around, but a change of the messaging to where you are now is it's slightly different and to look at that. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Um, oh my God, it's been so incredible. I can't believe all of them. I mean, I feel like so appreciative that you just gave me all of these messages that are so, I don't even know how to describe them. They're just very clear. I get them. They're like, they're going into my body. I can feel like every time you said something, I was just like, how is she saying all this? <laughs> <laughs> just, you're so, I mean, obviously you run this podcast and you connect with all these people, but I'm anyways, I don't know what else to say. Cause I'm overwhelmed, but thank you for, I don't know, receiving all this and sharing it with me. No, you're very welcome. It's my absolute pleasure to be able to facilitate all the messages that want to come through for you. Where can people find you, Lauren? How can people connect with you? Well, I'm all over the internet. You can um, find me if you just look up Lauren Toyota on Instagram or YouTube. Um, I have two YouTube channels, so that's one of them. And then the other one is called Hot for Food. So I have a blog, hotforfoodblog.com, with lots of free content and recipes, all vegan. And I put out uh, weekly recipes on YouTube as well. And my cookbook, Vegan Comfort Classics, is out worldwide wherever books are sold. Amazing. And watch this space for number two coming through in, in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, it will be coming up February 2021. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. What a journey to create something that you're already planning in 2021. It is. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, fascinating. Yeah, just think, oh, yeah, that's it's not it's like a blip, you know, even yeah. though it seems far away in one hand. It's also just like, no, oh, it's yeah. going to be here very soon. Completely. It'll be here before we know it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks Lauren thank you Natalie all the best <laughs>